He is Brad Huddleston. He is the author of Digital Cocaine, A Journey Towards Eye Balance. In today's world, children and adults alike addicted to pornography. Harder to get somebody off of pornography than it is to get them off of heroin. Yeah. Brad, welcome to our broadcast. How you doing? Yeah, thank you, Red. Uh, doing great. Thanks. Honored to be here. Where do you live? Um, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, for about six months out of the year, and then the other six months all over the world. Now, you spend a lot of time in Africa. Why? Well, I'm part of a research team at the University of South Africa in their Bureau of Market Research and its Neuroscience Division. Really? Yeah. So how did that, how'd you get that gig? It's quite a miracle. I was on television being interviewed on a show there, an international television show, similar to 60 Minutes, but it comes out of Africa, and it caught their attention. And they were talking, it was a long piece on this book. And so the university saw that, some of the people in that division, and they brought me over to keynote at a conference and then asked me to stay on in collaboration with them. Wow. In case people want to see this book, it's available everywhere. You can go to your website. What is your website? My name.com, bradhuddleston.com. Huddleston with a T. Brad Huddleston with a T. Um, okay, so uh, with the stats on, on addiction. Yeah. Uh, ch- okay, ch- people, ch- uh, adults use uh, iPads and iPhones for uh, a ba- as babysitters. Right. Why is that pernicious? Why is that dangerous? Well, first of all, let me say, I didn't come here to condemn any parent who does that because everybody's fallen into this. And on the surface, it seems to work. Um, So don't think that I'm coming here to beat people up with the science or to condemn them because that is furthest thing from but the truth is i think it's nice that you're cognizant of that well yeah i mean look people are watching you and it parents love their their kids and so when they are wrong about something it's not that they're doing things on purpose and that's what i want to say so i want to reveal the truth and we have a saying in our christian circles that it will free you and that's the point it's not the truth and the truth shall set you free exactly so let's tell the truth but also in love that's what the scripture says to do, because I actually like people. <laughs> so I don't want to beat people up. But the truth of the matter is there are unintended consequences that neuroscience has discovered through the study of all of the hyperstimulation. For example, ADHD, medication with Ritalin and other similar drugs are just flowing like M&Ms around the world. Yeah. ADHD is up 800%. So there is a small group of children who are born with ADHD, but we know through detox now Many children's symptoms either go way down to almost nothing or go away completely, which means that it's being digitally induced and it's mimicking some of these anxiety disorders, attention span disorders. Why? What's wrong with getting on an iPad or iPhone for well, five hours a day? Look, the unintended consequence is this. That screen is causing hyperstimulation in the brain, putting it in, essentially, it's an artificial environment and the brain cannot cope. So it is secreting a whole bunch of chemicals trying to cope with that. So initially, for example, in a one-to-one laptop and tablet school, I was in one in West Palm Beach Monday and Tuesday. Great school. Uh, Private? or It's private. But you will see the cognitive abilities go up briefly at the beginning. But once the hyperstimulation takes over, the cognitive abilities start to deteriorate. And most of what goes on is not in the school as a result of the schools giving out tablets for educational purposes. Now, they do contribute to the problem. About 80% of the problems that we're talking about with these anxiety disorders, lots of anger now, especially with video gamers, it happens at home in the bedroom with the door shut with video game consoles, computers, tablets that have nothing to do with the school. 
but the school inadvertently contributes to that. But there's a change in the brain that occurs through hyperstimulation. And what that changes is this. Entertainment and joy and pleasure operates on a neurotransmitter called dopamine. Dopamine is, is in the brain, produced by the brain. It's not a bad thing until you get too much. And when you get too much dopamine, and we love dopamine because it makes us feel high. When people smoke pot, they feel high. When people snort coke, they feel high. When people, when people have play sex, they feel, they feel high. high. And when people they eat a lot, they, they feel, feel high. high. And and the, the neurotransmitter what is that's that when you, making like I went through a traumatic thing with somebody who had cancer that I loved, right. And I was eating lots of ice cream, and I knew it was wrong, but just every you're, you're mouthful, finding relief. The dopamine is, makes you feel calm and peaceful. And so when you get under stress, you do something entertaining, and that entertainment produces dopamine. Dopamine is called the happy chemical. It makes you happy in the midst of stress. So for the the three seconds you have that spoonful of ice cream in your mouth, you disappear from from Correct. The but the unintended consequences with food would be yeah. obvious. Oh. But then the other unintended consequence hey, in the brain. <laughs> I wasn't looking at you, but the unintended consequence consequence in the brain is that the brain starts to fight back. Yeah. And that's where the problems come. Now, that fighting back is another chemical reaction trying to neutralize and filter out the excessive amounts of dopamine. So there's this dopaminergic barrier that forms trying to push it out. And the more that barrier grows, the more we fight it because we don't want to be cut off from our relief. Mm. And so that constant repetitive uh, ongoing chasing that relief through larger and larger quantities of dopamine is what addiction is. You get addicted to it because it's very addictive. So the only way, for example, when people pick up their phone, their phone causes cortisol, which is a stress hormone. They put it down, their brain gets really stressed because they fear that they're missing out on things. Right. And the only way to get relief now you know what's is rude. to You're pick it there having lunch with but somebody. The you only, can't resist turning the only it way down. to get relief is to pick it up. And then you get your relief, and what do you do? You put it back down. But the stress builds, and so what do you do? You pick it up. So that gets you into an addictive loop, and we're all in it. And some of us have detoxed. Well, I have. I'm at, I'm at an airport, and this attractive black lady walks by. Not that I want to seduce her, just make friends. I love people. I'm always I'm like a Forrest Gump. I just love people. And she's walking by about to say, oh, hi, how are you? And you make a little chat. And then all of a sudden, no, she's talking. Oh, she's talking to a little earpiece, and she's mm-hmm. on. And that moment, I went, wow. We could have we could have talked, but she's disappeared on that. I wrote a song. It's called Five Minute Moon. It's about people missing their five minute moon. This girl's on this park bench, and the guy walks by. They meet each other. Mm-hmm. They fall in love. The wedding rice is thrown. Blah blah blah. Go back in the song. Same situation, but she's on the phone, and he walks right by her. And there yeah. won't be a wedding, and there won't be a relationship, and there won't be children. How many people are being robbed of life? By these, how many uh, people miss the call that God puts on every one of us? We have all have gifts. How many people miss out because of a phone? But how? But but okay. So somebody's addicted to food, but they've got to eat three times a day. Now you use digital media. Mm-hmm. You 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 you're on my shows on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you go on other shows that are throughout. The, you you we, we had to communicate for you to get here using my. You have an intelligent phone, right. a smartphone. I have mm-hmm. a smartphone. Uh, so you're not totally. Uh, Absolutely not. I have a computer science degree as well. It's like you're not an Amish guy. No. Not that there's anything wrong with Mennonites and Amish. We Mm. live amongst the Mennonites, and their children are still very innocent, and it's a joy to be around them if you really want to know the truth. Yeah. They're innocent. They'll laugh at the most 
innocuous things because they're innocent and uh, they'll, they'll, their attention span will be here for hours just listening to you tell stories about missions trips that were taken around the world or my brain studies around the world and they just hanging on every word yeah. most kids who grew up or have technology are bored out of their minds and they just want to escape to their bedroom with their tablet and they don't care where you've been and what you've done i wonder you, you mentioned something about comprehension uh people saying well i use my ipad for uh, to increase the comprehension of my child you said those numbers go up for the first 15 minutes and then they plummet yeah they, Why? You will see, well, the, again, it has to do with too much dopamine. So when you integrate things like gamification, which is an attempt to use gaming technology merged with academics to compete for the attention span of all the kids because they're all gaming, so they figure, well, we'll join them. Isn't it cultivating just dexterity, though? And, no. No. No, you'd be better playing baseball, basketball, and football to do that and develop those hand-eye coordination skills because with digital, you will you will gain it. But then the brain gets on overload of the dopamine. All of the anxiety disorders then bring it down. But aren't you fighting a losing battle? Yes, but I'm not here to worry about that. Uh, I'm on a mission from God, so I'll leave the results in his hands. And biblically speaking, I'm talking to the remnant. So Jesus left the 99 and went and got the one. So what are you saying? If I'm a good uh, Christian guy and I want to fulfill what God has me Give up my iPhone or <laughs> well, limit my use on well, Facebook? Well, I coined a term called iBalance. Okay. So basically you work within the limits that the brain can handle. So the ongoing studies in neuroscience are trying to quantify where are those limits. And what we're finding to date depends on how old you are. And resilience plays a factor. It depends on how much abuse you've had in your life. It depends on how much stress you've had in your life because the more that you've had, the less you can handle anything, including the technology. The brain wants to be calm. It wants to be at, at rest and it wants to be at peaceful. It wants to be out on the beach listening to the waves, watching the gulls and all that sort of stuff. But once you taste dopamine, those things become boring because they generate those activities out in nature, which is healing for the brain. And fortunately for the addict, doesn't generate enough dopamine for pleasure. So you're bored. If you're not getting lots of stimulation, but that screen will provide it, particularly things like pornography, which generates the equivalent, and I'm not exaggerating here and I'm being literal, generates the equivalent of taking heroin and coke, cocaine, and mixing it together. And if you remember no, from— I've s- never had heroin or cocaine. Well, neither have I, but I, I showed you the brain scan Sunday morning. Yeah. And yeah. of all of the ones that looked horrific— that one was the worst one of all outside of a direct brain injury. And so stimula- the unintended consequence, and it's, it seems odd that a phone could do it, but it's, don't think of it as the phone itself. It's the activity. It's the interaction with that phone causing that dopamine to, to ironically stimulate you but then cause the stimulation to decrease and the cognitive abilities. With now, it. you said some of this information is actually being used to manipulate people. Of course. So, in other words, my first thought, of course, was, well, I got a radio show, you know, for my, I could actually have you do my uh, my website and it would attract and hypnotize the world. And I'd <laughs> <laughs> There's a company but, called Dopamine Labs that would do that for you. So, is it, is it evil? Well, yes, because, look, the reality is anytime you manipulate people and they're not aware of it, there's, that's a moral issue in and of itself. Yeah. So definitely it is. I mean, it's in the old days when we advertised, we tried to appeal to the senses. You know, we tried to create theater of the mind and yeah. make this steak sound so appealing you could almost taste it. That's yeah. one thing. But when you're measuring people's dopamine levels, 
for the express purpose of jacking them up and all of the addictions that come with it, not tell them. You know, you're getting into dangerous areas where they're doing it with children. They're doing it to, just like they did with subliminal. But do you remember they made oh, it illegal. Course. And the, uh, people don't know this, yes. but in the old days when you went into a movie theater, you'd be watching a cartoon where they'd stick in just one silly frame that said, buy popcorn right. now. Buy pop-. You wouldn't even see it. Yep. And people would go and buy the popcorn or buy Coke, and they made it illegal. That's right. I was up to visit my nephew in Connecticut last mm-hmm. summer. We're all having a conversation at 10 o'clock at night in the summertime talking about corn and the cop. He calls me up when I get back to my motel. He says, hey, Uncle Rhett. He goes, guess what? He said, uh, "He said after you left, I got three uh, recipes came up on how to prepare corn in the cob. He said, I didn't touch the phone. Mm-hmm. So somebody somewhere is listening. This is so invasive. It's, it's just crazy. Well, we all send emails out, and the content ends up in ads. On the side of our screen when we open a browser. I mean, when you when you click the tick the little box. Yeah. Did you, you ever give your up, wife your phone? And she's looking at handbags. The next thing for the next six months, I'm getting handbags. For sale. <laughs> well, when people come to me and go, "I've been hacked. Why are these naked images popping up?" And, and I'm like, "Don't don't come to me because you go to someone who doesn't know how this works because it wasn't innocent. It was not innocent. Yeah. Somewhere in your social media interact interactions or your Email, you have done something or said something or typed something, uh, and an algorithm has picked up on that, either at Google uh, or somewhere like, else. That's kind of a joke, huh? And, yeah, then it turns up in advertising or other nefarious things, yeah. Nefarious. I haven't heard that word in a while. <laughs> now, here's something else that I want to talk about, too. You said that uh, uh, um, the guy who started Apple, uh, Job, Jobs. Steve, Steve Jobs. Steve yeah. Jobs. When it was asked about the iPad, he said he he limited the use of the iPad. No, his, no, the actual quote is, and this is from the New York Times, which I'll, I facetiously tell people that this would be the only time that the New York Times will interest you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now they were interviewing him about something else, yeah. and it caught the reporter's attention because he said to Steve Jobs, the reporter did, your, your children must love the iPad. And he just casually said, well, they've never used it. Never. Never. And, there, and he said, well, then he said, well what do you do at your home? And he says, oh, well, we don't use technology. We sit around the big table and we, we talk about books we've been reading and we talk about history. This is Steve Jobs? Yes. And it's not, look, it's common knowledge. Uh, Walter Isaacson, who wrote the book Steve Jobs, who spent, Steve Jobs paid him to live yeah, in his home to write the biography, book. It's yeah. all in there. And wow. he chronicled how they live and also talked uh, Sunday morning from the New York Times that of many multitudes of the tech executives in their tech executives top yes and the, in tech, the silicon valley. tech employees silicon valley they send their children to analog schools where as part of their ethos they have no technology in the school and they discourage the use at home so that the home they put their children in an analog environment where they learn best because they do a non-stimulation or low stimulation environment and then they don't want an undermined at home so they ask them not to use technology at home, and these tech executives – I've spoken at one of these schools. Now, it was in Johannesburg, South Africa, but it's a brand of schools around the world. And so tech people send their kids there. So in your book, Digital Cocaine, A Journey Towards Eye Balance, can you talk about it? And you, 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 you confirm the problem we have, but do you give an escape? Every At the end of every chapter, and thanks for saying that, is a section that says, so what do we do about it? 
So when I'm talking yeah. about video gaming and all of its oh, ills, good. I, haven't read I your put book on there, yet, so what do we do about that. it? When we talk about social media abuse, so what do we do about it? So every chapter, multitasking, which is a misnomer. So what do we do about it? We now talk some, about unitasking. And, somebody yeah. said, now I spent a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like I was connecting. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, the humor will come out in movies or by comedians. Yeah, Facebook is something used to, to try to tell people what life you wish you were having or yeah. <laughs> or to make it look that way. You yeah, know? that's right. You pull out your vacation trips or... Uh, and they don't see the horrible side of life where you have problems. And, and there is... It, 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 you know, because I remember I had a, a, a gal that worked with me for 10 years. She said, oh, you think those people, this was about seven years ago. She said, you think those people on Facebook are your friends. They're not your friends, which is probably true right? it is for true. the most part. Yeah, most of them you don't know. Now, they say getting on Facebook is like going out on your back porch naked, you know. And it is true because you don't realize, you know, you might be thinking about one person when you're posting something. But would you really want this gentleman who you're doing a big business deal with to really see mm-hmm. This, too, and you don't think about that. Yeah. Well, you know, that like button, uh, it's there not by accident. It generates dopamine. The like button? The like button, yeah. Generates, so, how come we it, don't have a don't like button? Well, <laughs> they, they've been talking about that, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But what's happening with that, people go back and they check to see how many people have liked it, and their moods will rise and fall based on that. But that is a dopamine generator that keeps you coming back to social media. So the more likes you get, the more times you're going to check. We call it narcissism. But but that's what it is programmed to do so that the bulk of your time is spent checking Facebook instead of what, any other activity. It's it's manipulation. This is what dopamine labs and companies of their ilk do. It's, it's, there's so much deceit involved. For instance, recently, you know, I published a magazine called Vero's Voice. Right. It's a regional magazine. Looks great, we too, were, by the way. Thank you. But we were contacted by an outside source that, by the way, congratulations, you're the number one read e-magazine. And uh, what's really cool about These this... These people weren't from Nigeria, were they? I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, South Florida, it's just as bad, right? <laughs> but they said uh, they can tell you how many... Who opened the email when it comes to e, the e-version, or didn't open it? Right. What pages they looked at, which is yep. the, which which articles are the most successful? And the good thing about this is you can't fake it. You right. can't like I know on Instagram, I think you can buy followers. Yeah, you know, I have somebody in town yeah. who has six hundred thousand followers. You can boost your views. me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or somebody that had a photo contest in town claims that he got a million. No. You didn't get a million views in Vero Beach, Florida. No, no, no. But anyway, so uh, it's 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 a, it's a it is a wild ride. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. We're you. talking with the author of Digital Cocaine by Brad Huddleston. Go to bradhuddleston.com. We'll be right back. <laughs> 